Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am Matt Straub. Before we get started, a quick reminder as always to rate and review the show. If you haven't done so already, that's a big help to us. We are back with a Thursday edition of the show around the holidays. Mike Gallagher is here with me. We're going to be talking some potential second half breakout players in a minute. First though, Mike, I think we got to get to what's been the big news of the week so far. LeBron James injuring his groin on Christmas night. Uh, we know as of Wednesday that he's going to miss at least a few games. That was the initial report from Yahoo Sports. Then came a tweet Wednesday afternoon from Shams Tarania saying that LeBron's MRI came back clean and he was officially being called day-to-day. So, Mike, let's operate under the assumption that LeBron is probably going to miss at least a couple games here. What's the big headline for you if, if you're a fantasy owner, whether you have LeBron or not? What's kind of the, the first action you're taking in the wake of this? Pick up Lakers. Um, <laughs> LeBron is top 10 in minutes. He's obviously the man. He holds the ball a bunch. Um, so if you're thinking about adding a guy, do it. So I added Josh Hart wherever I could last night. Uh, I think KCP is a possible pickup. Uh, I expect Brandon Ingram to be better. His splits are really good uh, with LeBron off the court. Kuzma should be better. Pretty much everyone should be better. And then all eyes on Zupak, man. Uh, on fire the last two games. He and Rondo apparently have been... Since they were, since Rondo was out, he was running like three on three pick and roll practice, and that was their pet play, really. Uh, and it's been really successful. So, um, Zupak should be good to go. But yeah, I mean, Monza Ball adds some more value. All these guys are going to get a pretty big uptick while LeBron's out because um, Luke Wallen doesn't go too deep in rotation. So, expect LeBron's role to pretty much be split uh, among the active guys. Yeah, I, I wrote the Daily Dose on Roto World on Wednesday, and I had the thought that maybe no one is going to get a bigger spike while LeBron is out than Rondo. Do you agree with that? Um, I think probably just from counting stats, I would probably say Ingram. I had it pulled up here. His his splits without LeBron on the floor, going off a 140-minute sample, he's scoring 27 per 36, uh, six boards, five dimes, steal, a block and a half, almost two threes on strong shooting, poor free throw shooting, because of course. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think Ingram's... I, I am not an Ingram guy. Uh, I'm sure no, you're I'm not, not either. He doesn't, not, he doesn't show right. up on... He doesn't show up in nine cats. But like for DFS and stuff, I think I feel like he's going to be really good. But yeah, Rondo should be pretty good as well. Um, his per 36 without LeBron with Ingram is also tremendous. He's going at 26 points, 12 dimes, and a, only a 51-minute sample here. So yeah, he's also... Those are probably the two guys I would think step up the most yeah it was like a again add heart add add kcp in a little bit deeper heart defies logic as far as i can tell so who knows what he's gonna do but but rondo it's like a switch flipped when lebron got hurt like he he was like all right this is my show now and he started putting up serious numbers in the second half so the the wild card to me mike is lonzo ball because he obviously trending down a bit with rondo back i don't know what, what do you think do you think there's a path to better value while LeBron is out for Lonzo? Because I think that looks pretty bleak with Rondo back. Um, I mean, obviously with LeBron out, he'll be you know uh, much more likely. He has a pretty tiny sample as well um, with Ingram on the court and with LeBron. I mean, LeBron's number eight in minutes, total minutes, so it's kind of just what it is. Like, guys are going to have small samples, but he also has big numbers without LeBron on the court and with Ingram on there. Um, and yeah, I mean, LeBron handles the ball so much. I think that uh, Lonzo, who does guard ones a lot, they're going to try to hide Rondo on defense, whatever they can. So yeah, um, I think, you know, probably want to sell high, I guess, you know, in a, in a week or so if LeBron, we don't know how long he's out yet, but you know, you're probably here, we're here uh, probably grade one or grade two adductor strain. Um, adductors, man, they're taking over the NBA with Curry's got one, <laughs> AD's got one, a couple other guys as well. 
But, um, yeah, I would definitely hold on to Lonzo here uh, while LeBron's out. Yeah, hold on while LeBron's out. And then, as you said, maybe consider trying to sell high if he's putting up numbers while LeBron is out. So that's the landscape there. So, Mike, uh, next on our agenda and, and our agenda for the rest of the day here is some potential breakout players. These are all players I've highlighted who are outside the top 75 and nine category leagues. These are certainly players who have had much higher value than 75 overall before, even for stretches this season. Some of these guys, you know, are upside players. Some of them are big letdowns, a wide range of guys outside the top 75. I'm going to hit you with the names and you let me know what you think of their chances of a second half breakout are. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. First up, Aaron Gordon. He's a dude who has been in a pretty vicious shooting slump, field goals and free throws. He was flirting with top 30-ish value for a minute. Now he's way down in the 80s range. What do you think his chances are of turning it around? So uh, I'm going to kind of go based off ADP, if he can kind of, you know, kind of hit that going forward. I, I would say on a, we'll go scale 1 to 10. I think like a 6. So you look okay. at really why he's been struggling. He has been god-awful in the paint this month. He's shooting 36% in the paint this month. Um, that's down from 57% last year. He's typically been a pretty good player at the rim. He's not. He's terrible right now. So, yeah, I think he'll be better. As you kind of hinted at, like, he hasn't been able to put it together. Like, we saw him earlier put up more counting stats, and now he's just missing shots all over, missing free throws all over. So, and he, we know he has not in him. We saw last year when the Magic started hot, when they were, what, 8-4 and four or whatever. Gordon was like a first-round player. We're like, oh, you know, this guy's going to be awesome, and he finally cooled off, but... He has it in him, um, so I think you know. I think he can do it. I will add, if you are worried about Vooch possibly being traded, consistently Gordon's actually been worse with Vooch. Going mm-hmm. on this year with splits, he shoots thirty four percent without Vooch, forty nine percent with. Last year, forty eight and thirty eight. So pretty strong trend there um, that he is better with Vooch on the floor. So that isn't necessarily going to be a win for Gordon. Um, if that does go down. But again, he has it in him. He's still young and he he's not going to shoot 36% in the paint. It's just not possible for a guy that big. <laughs> All right. So brutal stretch, but try to stay with it with Gordon. His ADP on Yahoo is 42.1. Jamal Murray next up. Uh, he's been, I believe, in the 90s in terms of nine category value, largely because he hasn't shot great. Do you think he has a path to the top 60 value he posted last year? Um, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of things going wrong. Uh, Jokic is just dominating the offense. I think Gary Harris is being more involved. Will Barton as well, I think, could hurt him as well. So he got he got drafted pretty high. Um, when he was going off the board, I was really wasn't taking him. So I think if your expectations are, you know, I think he could be a top 60 kind of a guy. Uh, because he's shooting 29% from three. He is not that kind of a player. He should be shooting close to 40. Uh, he was what, like, almost like 45, 40, 90 last year, close to that. Um, not making his free throws as well. He, we know he's one of the best in the NBA there too. So he should definitely be improved. And then I'll add to, you want to trade for Nuggets. They have an unbelievably strong playoff schedule if you have kind of a standard style head-to-head format. Um, they have tied for the most games um, in the last three and three and a half weeks. They're tied with the Warriors. So, um, yeah, definitely a guy I could see myself trading for. Nuggets are are weathering a rough schedule right now, but that pays off later on, as you said. John Collins, uh, currently in the 90s in nine-category leagues. Defensive stats, I think, are the big thing holding him back. One steal total in his first 16 games. Do you think Collins 
has chance to jump into the top 75 in the second half. I joked with Jonas, he is the DJ Augustine of fantasy with his lack of defensive <laughs> stats right now. Uh, obviously, Collins is much better. Uh, I think DJ has like one block in his last like 5,000 minutes or and something. It's he's hilarious. He's got quite a steals drought, right? Yeah, yeah. He's, I think he's only had like yeah one steal in his last. It's a long one. Anyways, um, yeah, I mean, you got to like what you see here. He shoots so many close shots. He's shooting 58%, uh, 58% from the field. Again, the defense is not going to be there. But, you know, you're talking about kind of like a prime Zebo, right? You know, 20 and 10, not much else. Solid percentages. He's going to probably take some more threes as well. He's cold there, too. That's pulled him down a little bit. Uh, he's only shooting 22% from three. We saw he's really grown as a shooter. So, um, yeah, he's going to be much better. I am a little bit worried about this ankle thing uh, that kept him out. Be careful. This is the same ankle that kept him out to start the season. So, um, not a guy I would necessarily trade for because they're going to sit him if, they, if anything's wrong with him. Yeah, and I, by the way, I don't know what to make of a, a Zach Randolph comparison with Collins. I don't know whether that depresses me or not uh, as a Hawks <laughs> hey, fan. Hey, he was good, decide. man. He was good no, for a while. He was. He you was. and I have been playing fantasy for a better part of a decade and a half or two decades or so. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell, I feel like he's kind of bottomed out in terms of his value. He's in, he's 98th overall as we tape this, Mike. People obviously had you know potential top 20 expectations for him. This is worse than a worst-case forecast for anyone. How optimistic are you, scale of 1 to 10, that Mitchell can turn it around? I'm pretty scared, man. I'm going to say 4. Um, oh, there's wow. a lot of stats going on here. So his field goal percentage has dropped every month this year. Uh, one thing that jumped out, like he's pretty much been like Tim Hardaway Jr. with shot selections. Uh, he's shooting 73% of his shots this month are jumpers. That's really high. That's up like 5 and change from last year. Um, he's shooting highly contested shots. He's faced tight defense Almost 55% of the time. That's up from 46% last year. His catch and shoot shooting is way down. He's at 29% this year, 40% last year. So he's missing open shots. He's taking more contested shots. And he's just taking bad shots in general. So, yeah, he's got to really make over his game here. Uh, he's not dunking as much. His layup percentage is down. Like, everything is down. Uh, so maybe he gets something fixed, but... Yeah, he needs some sort of crazy surge to really get to where fantasy owners drafted him. So if you know if I'm trading for him, I would probably like if we're redrafting, I think like fourth or fifth round. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm a little bit a little bit discouraged here. So no hesitation to trade him away if you get like a top fifty player for him. For sure, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, like I said, like if I could get a top thirty five, I would do it. All right, um, but fifty fifty right. is probably the expectation going forward. Because okay. he can do it. We saw, we've saw we seen him get hot and make shots. Uh, and again, yeah. he, he was a 40% catch-and-shoot guy last year. So yeah. for him to be down 11% is kind of wild. And still a lot of season left. So it doesn't take long for a guy to, to make a major surge in value still. Bogdan Bogdanovich, 109th overall. He's been missing some free throws, etc. lately. But he has hinted at a higher ceiling than this. What, what are your feelings on Bogdan being a, a mid-round guy? I like him as well. Um, if you don't play the full season... Uh, the Kings also have the best final. They're the only team in the NBA to go four, 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 four. Mm-hmm. That's four fours. Um, so they're guys you're going to want to have on your roster. Um, again, you mentioned the free throws. He was red hot from the line last month. He shot 91. percent His attempts are almost double um, in December. His assists are way up. He handles the ball a bunch. I don't really think it matters if he starts or not. So you're looking at a guy who's going to be scoring in the I think upper teens, close to five dimes. Been, he was a great free throw shooter last year. Could be better this year. Should be close to a steal. So definitely a guy who's going to be, you know, probably top 75. Uh, old man Buddy Heald uh, could definitely cut into him <laughs> with how hot he's been. But, yeah, definitely a guy I, I feel is pretty good. A little bit worried about that foot thing, um, given the Kings and what they're with their shadiness. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I, overall, I really like this guy as well. And I think uh, adding a few steals, he's kind of underachieved in steals, I feel like. So a chance for even even better value yeah. if he starts grabbing a few more steals. Yeah, and Kings push the pace, so that's usually a good uh, way to get better steals with higher pace games. Chris Dunn has come back and looked pretty good in his return from knee injury. However, he's at 111 overall in nine category leagues as we're here, Mike. What's your outlook on Dunn? I'm very high on him. I think you know he looks great. Not hitting threes, but I think his ceiling is higher than this. His ceiling is higher. I am scared, though. Uh, this is going to be okay, a low number me for me. Zach okay. Levine. Uh, Zach Levine destroys him. Uh, he had fantastic numbers with him last year. Uh, without him, excuse me. He was 17-8 and eight at assists without him last year versus 13-6. Uh, and six. This year, going off a small, small sample. But um, Levine's usage is way up when he was hot. Um, Marketing's usage is going to be up. A lot of guys are going to have higher usage, so his scoring won't be very good. But you're going off, you know, just a 57-minute sample without Levine, uh, or excuse me, with Levine, and he scored six points per 36. So discouraging numbers there. Um, terrible free throw shooter. His steal should be pretty good, and you know he's he's hurt a little bit here and there. So definitely a guy I would. Uh, and the Bulls also have one of the worst playoff schedules too. So if I trade him, I would trade him before Levine comes back. I think that when Levine comes back, it could really cut into him. Yeah, I could see that. I, I also think there's a chance that Dunn, the way he is dominating the ball, hurt, ends up hurting Levine, too. I, I don't know that it is necessarily going to be where Levine comes back and just... Well, his uh, numbers have actually sustained. If you flip it, his numbers are pretty similar. Like, uh, Levine with and without Dunn, for whatever. Yeah. You know, not off a huge sample again, but um, I think I think it could be all right. But, um, I don't so know. You, yeah, you I, think I that Dunn will be good, though? I, I, I just really like Dunn as a player. I think... Uh, that when you watch the Bulls, it's his offense. He has the ball a lot. I, I agree that Levine makes a difference there. But I I don't think Dunn just falls off a cliff. I don't know how many games it is with Levine this year. So I'd be curious. Yeah, so I'd take uh, him like 85, 90. So I'm not saying like bury him, but I don't think yeah. he's going to be you know a top 50 kind of a guy. Just with, yeah. with, with, without Levine, by the way, 21 points per 36. So just a, a fun, a fun uh, top 80 type of guy, I would yeah, say. Yeah, for sure. He'll have a couple big games. He'll pull you down <laughs> yeah. in percentages from time to time, turnovers, but... Yeah, he could have some. He'll have some huge games. And if those of you out there are looking for more fantasy hoops in your life, take a visit to Draft.com. We are talking daily fantasy basketball snake drafts instead of salary caps. It takes just a few minutes to finish one of these. Have a new fantasy squad to follow. You can even do auction drafts. And right now, Draft is giving Roto World readers a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. Go to Draft.com. Use the promo code RW again. Head over to Draft.com. Use the promo code RW. Torian Prince, 113th overall, has been hurt. When he comes back, what's your outlook on Prince? Uh, I regret drafting him. Uh, I okay. have him on a couple Fair. teams, and I, I hate it. Um, I'm a little <laughs> bit nervous here. Uh, his catch-and-shoot percentages are down um, by quite a bit, but he was getting hot. So I was taking him pretty much fifth or sixth round. I think if we redid it, I would probably take him like seventh or eighth. Um, I still yeah. think he's going to be pretty good. Trey Young could cut into him. Again, John Collins will have higher usage. Um, this guy needs a lot of usage to really be good. He's not very much a stat filler. His steals were high. Just tremendous post-break. He was 44% from the field, 89% from the line. So he has it in him. But, um, yeah, a little nervous about him. I am, too. I, you know, he was starting to get some defensive stats before the injury, and I hope that he comes back and does that because this guy is supposed to be a guy who could get you steals and blocks and really had sort of evolved into more of a points and threes guy. So needs to turn it up in defensive stats to really lift his fantasy value. Kevin Love has been out a while. We assume he might be back at some point in January. 115th overall in the limited games he's played. What do you think of Love's outlook going forward? 
terrified. Uh, the Cavs <laughs> are going to be really bad. I think he's not going to play back-to-backs for a very long time. Very, if you had to put a Mount Rushmore shutdown candidates, he'd probably be all four guys. Um, I, I, I do not want love at all. Um, he has huge upside. We know his splits with LeBron are just massive, or with and without LeBron are massive, but... I mean, there's so many things that could just go wrong for this guy. Uh, I, I don't. It's mostly injury related, uh, and just the standings too. They have a top ten protected pick going to Atlanta, so I'm I'm not touching him. Yeah, he's he's making a whole pile of money. I don't know. I I'm not quite as pessimistic as you are. I I definitely hear you on the back to back. That would be a big concern. I could see that being an issue when he first comes back. I do think, uh, given all the time he's missed, there's a chance he comes back and has a productive couple of months. Uh, but I don't know. I, I'm a, I'm tend to be more of an optimist. So <laughs> maybe split the difference between our outlooks. <laughs> bah humbug. I'm, I'm the pessimistic guy. <laughs> Ricky Rubio is sitting 120th. He's been playing way better lately. Uh, is this going to be continue to be an up and down thing, or do you think Rubio is going to have a strong second half? So three years running now, uh, Rubio has been vastly improved in the second half. I don't know why, um, but this is a pretty strong trend. We've seen Ariza kind of do this at times. But, um, yeah, I definitely a guy I could see myself grabbing. Utah's schedule's decent, so they're they're pretty good there. Um, you know, they got hot last year. They're starting to find themselves, I think. So, yeah, probably if we took today, probably like fifth or sixth round. Um, I do believe looks healthy as well, so Ruby looks pretty good. Yeah, he's having a strong December, shooting it better as well. So all signs pointing upward at the moment. Wendell Carter Jr. early in the season had hinted at some serious fantasy value he has fallen off uh, to a large extent the bulls are getting healthier for the most part he's at 124th overall in nine category leagues mike any optimism that wendell can have a good second half yes uh his fouls are surging right now um he's had four or more in what six straight um so that's a little bit of concern it was down he was really humming it was because he was blocking and not fouling so he has it in him um usually a pretty good free throw shooter he has somehow lost it uh he shot 88 percent in November from the line, down at 61% this month. So, um, yeah, he's typically a great shooter from the field as well. So, you know, just real, real solid. Um, again, I mentioned the Bulls' schedule is a little bit weak, but I'm still a firm believer in Wendell Carter Jr. Doesn't need a lot of usage either. So these guys taking shots of him doesn't concern me as much. Uh, one man who does need a lot of usage is Andrew Wiggins. He has been on one of his better stretches lately. Overall for the season, though, around 127 in nine-category leagues. Mike, are you a, a Wiggins optimist or pessimist? Pessimist. I do, I do not like Wiggins at all. Uh, obviously, uh, Derek Rose going down helps him. You know, free throw rate goes up, scoring goes up. Uh, he actually shoots the ball worse with Rose on the floor, but that's fine. He does not provide defensive stats, um, contrary to actually up a little bit lately. But, yeah, I mean, he's making threes now. It's pretty much best-case scenario for him right now. Um, but, yeah, the guy that I've never really liked fantasy-wise, nine-cat anyways. Well, if, and if that rings true with you and you've been frustrated with Wiggins this season, now would be a good time to trade. I'm averaging around 20 points in December, shooting it pretty well, around 47% from the field. So a good time to trade Wiggins if you have been frustrated with, it, with him at any point this season. All right, Mike, about six more names to hit. Lou Williams. He's been a disappointment this season, no question, and I think that's not a surprise to some people. However, he has had a couple big games lately. Do you think there's hope for Lou to have a vastly improved second half? Yes. Um, I saw the the usage was coming up before he got hurt. Uh, it's back up again. Went to the line 14 times in the last game. Um, he is very much dependent on it being a close game um, because he does most so much damage in the fourth. So we saw him have that bad game against Denver. Because it was a blowout, um, you know, they were getting blown out here and there. So I still think he'd be pretty good, you know, got overdrafted. But, you know, I still could see top 75 in his future for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic too. I think uh, 
they've been healthier, but still he can be better than this and is starting to show show that. Mikel Bridges, low usage, a lot of minutes. What's your outlook on the rookie going he, forward? He's looking pretty good. Uh, he has a plus 6.3 net rating with Devin Booker. That's among the best uh, of the rotation players, so he works well with him. The Suns love his pick-and-roll defense. He comes up really high on synergy for pick-and-roll ball handler defense. The Suns have been horrible at that over the past couple years. Um, so that's going to keep him on the floor. You look at like who's been closing, it's pretty much like the pecking order's been Ubre versus Melton, and then you got Mikel, who's pretty much competing with Jamal Crawford, who's hurt now. Um, so that's another really big positive for him. Exceeding a little bit um, because there's high steals numbers lately. But yeah, I mean, this guy is way ahead. Um, earlier they said they didn't want him quote unquote chasing point guards. Now they're comfortable with that. So um, yeah, he looks like he's ahead of Josh Jackson right now as far as the pecking order of who's going to close and so forth. So yeah, he looks pretty solid. Yeah, and owned in just 16% of Yahoo leagues. Depending on the size of your league, I think he's either a stash or a start right now. But I think he's that number should be much higher uh, in the weeks ahead. Jonathan Isaac, a a big target of yours, I think, in drafts, Mike. He's been 142nd overall, uh, obviously had some injury issues. Optimism level, scale of 1 to 10. 10. Uh, 10. There yeah. it is. Uh, he's missing shots, obviously. He's shooting 39% from the field, but he's making his free throws. He's at 94% this month. Steals and blocks are coming. That's where, you know, if you're blocking um, two shots a game and, you know, potentially one and a half steals, I mean, you're going to be close to top 75 just off that. He does actually have better splits with Vooch off this year. So, you know, a potential Vooch trade could get him to heat up as well. So uh, I like what I see. The fouls are mostly down this year. So he is showing signs of a breakout for sure. By the way, what you just mentioned with Isaac is the same way I feel about Bridges. I mean, he's getting steals and blocks and threes. That alone is enough to make his value uh, going forward. For sure. SGA... Also, actually, a, a steals, blocks, and threes guy when things are going well. It's been a bit tumultuous lately. He's 150th in nine category leagues. I think he's been a frustrating guy, a tough guy to start lately. Do you think he could develop some more consistency in the second half, Mike? I think so. Doc Rivers has loved him a lot. Obviously, Lou Williams coming back does kind of throw a wrench into this. You pretty much are banking on either Avery Bradley and or Patrick Beverly falling out. Or getting hurt. So those are two good bets to make. Um, so yeah, I, I think he looks pretty good. And again, he's shooting the ball really well for a guard. Um, that's just, it's hard to find uh, for a guy who could be. He's not going to score a lot, and that's fine. But, you know, I think a steal and a half doable with other stuff as well. So pretty solid player to have. Another guy who could take off if there's an injury or two uh, in LA. I'm sort of stunned that Gallinari and Patrick Beverly, etc., are still still out there yeah talk about selling high would you sell high? i get a lot of questions about gallinari would you try like i feel like i, I would love would. to cash out on him i really yeah i mean it's kind of it's always tough because everyone knows what you're trying to do it's like it's like yeah. playing a card game and you just you're showing your hand you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. so it's really a matter of how close can you get to what his actual value is he's he's really good per game so would you cash out at like top 40 though i feel like i would cash out. oh top that. 40 yeah top 40 definitely i okay. definitely would 50 60? i just wouldn't uh that's getting pretty close i definitely wouldn't at like 70 or 80 i just feel like then you're downgrading your lineup too much you yeah. know what i mean i think so, so i think you you would obviously eh. we'll i think ahead. top 50 i mean dude he's he's number 19 overall in nine categories he's leagues. insane dude <laughs> yeah Wait, I any, mean, would you okay how about this Donovan mitchell or uh or Gallo. Oh, that's a good oh. 
That is a good one. You know what? When I look at Gallinari's stat line, I have to say Mitchell. I really do. Yeah. Because I, I, would, I would take Mitchell. There's not that much Mitchell has to do to be Gallinari statistically. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. I mean, Gallinari is averaging 20.6 boards, 2 assists, 0.7 steals. It's really like phenomenal percentages, low turnovers, you know, a bunch of threes and points. I'd take him over Prince. We talked about oh, him. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'd take him yeah. over Gordon. I'd take him over most of these guys we're talking about. Yeah. I think, I think I'd. Oh, is there anybody besides. See, I. Yeah. Besides, okay. All these names we've been saying. Anybody. I mean, Bog. Obviously, I would take him over Bogdan. Yeah. But I think that of that, the only guy I would take would be him. Would would be who? Gal over all these names we've been talking about. Would I rather have Gallinari than all these guys? Over Gor- over about? Gordon, I would take I would take Gallo. That's an interesting one. I would take him over Don. I, I so I said I would take Mitchell. Yep. Would, yeah, I Mitchell's think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. I have Aaron Gordon in one of my main leagues, and I kind of feel like if I offered him for Gallinari, this the guy would accept it right away. Yeah. That's an interesting one to think about. <laughs> for sure, that's close. <laughs> yeah. All right. Two more names to hit before the clock expires. Alfred Payton, all right? Uh, I was talking with Steve Alexander about this the other day. He said a bunch of people are kind of asking him about Alfred. Should I hang on to him, etc.? He was 181st overall in the limited games he's played. I think he's only played six games. So are you are you thinking Alfred is a worthwhile stash, a guy people should be counting on value from when he comes back? I think he should be picked up for sure. Um, I have low expectations for him. I was surprised he kind of had a hot start. Um, that was kind of because Drew Holiday was kind of cold. They want to put Drew off the ball, though. So, yeah. Because um, look at his numbers. I mean, they were pretty good. That His averages are pulled down because that one game he got hurt and did, like, nothing. Right. Um, so he was probably, you know, probably closer to 75-80. Um, but, yeah, pick him up. Uh, hopefully he stays hot. But um, this guy typically is terrible in percentages. I don't really see much defensive stats out of him despite the pace, but it's a big offense, so he does have upside. But Yeah, um, I was saying, I think he was 90-something overall. I can't remember if it was last year or the year before, but it feels like his ceiling is around 100 overall. Yeah, that sounds um, right. Ish. All right, one more name, Mike, I want to ask you about before we go. Can I sell you on Kevin Herter? He's 193rd overall in nine-category leagues, has been better than that lately, playing a lot of minutes for the Hawks, buttery three-point shot. Can I get you to buy in? It is buttery, uh, like mashed potatoes and all that stuff. <laughs> Deliciousness. But, yeah, he's he's going to get minutes. Um, you've seen him night after night when the games are close. He's playing huge minutes. Um, you got to think that Kent Bazemore is going to get traded um, as much as Lloyd Pierce likes him. And blocks have been there, too. He's at .8 blocks. That's definitely not nothing. His steals have been pretty good as well. So, yeah, I'm I'm all in. You know, definitely Sounds, like a, yes. oh, Sounds like a yes. Sounds like a yes. yes. Yeah, I think I love he's going to be on I love for it. sure. I love it. All right, Mike, it's Thursday now as this drops. So your DFS podcast will be out tomorrow on Friday, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. All right, everyone, look out for that. Round Ball Stew will be out tomorrow as well. People, enjoy your holidays. Hope you've been enjoying your holidays. Mike, thanks for joining, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you.